Welcome to Clappercast episode 99. Ooh, that's getting up there. Uh, I'm your host, Carson Tamar, joined by Alina Falls, Paul Price, and the TikTok sensation influencer <laughs> of the year, the king of Burbank, Michael Fairbanks. How's everyone Thank doing you. today? I'm the real life Edward Nashton. Oh, God. He has over 500 followers. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite part when they said it with like such reverence. <laughs> <laughs> hi guys like and subscribe <laughs> today we are talking about euphoria season two the batman and we're talking about more wrestling i know everyone's woo let's get paul woo. we're not specifically talking about wrestling this is actually the one that i feel like i like had the most involvement in we're talking yeah, you made about... us watch four fucking films yeah but <laughs> they were still shorter than one watch of drive my car so <laughs> <laughs> I got through exact. I have managed to make it through exactly 15 seconds of Drive My Car thus far. Is that a lot? That's. Um, Am I, yeah, I watched. <laughs> yeah, you're it basically in, like, there. <laughs> blocks because I could not sit through three hours of Drive My Car. Oh God! That, <laughs> Listen, film Twitter stands. I like Drive My Car, so film Twitter don't come for me. Okay, <laughs> on the record, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, you sound like, like you're being held at gunpoint. <laughs> Honestly, I, like it. I feel like I am. At I times. like it. Uh, please, please believe me. Look, after I said Rise of Skywalker and Cats were good, I have to give Film Twitter something so I don't get killed. Fair, okay, fair. But everyone liked Cats on Film Twitter at the end of the day. We all liked it. It's just a question of like well, who was like who who said who just said I had a good time and who told the truth. No, you're right. Some everyone loves. Okay, I agree. Everyone loves cats deep down, but some people repress their emotions because they can't handle it. And normally, exactly. it's straight white men. All I'm Period. saying. Period. <laughs> oh God. That was one of the first opinions Paul told me was that he just loved cats and saw it like four times, and I was just like, I vibe with that. Oh well, yeah. It would have been when you start first started following me, and like I was on my cats binge the thing was no one wanted to see cats i told everyone how much fun cats was and so they said i want to see it with you and i was like the first time i was like yeah let's do it this will be so much fun the second time i was like okay the third time i was like mm. the fourth time i was like this is it this is it we can't do it anymore and then i think i've seen it six times um, the only movie that'll probably catch up is Barb and Star, but um, right now it is still raining as my number one most watched since I started Letterboxd. I just can't imagine being that fit. Like you were fixated on it. That's mentally ill of you. Well, no, I wasn't <laughs> fixated. On it. Um, it was just that like I hadn't had uh, I hadn't really had fun in a movie theater like that before. That makes and sense. also, you know what? It was like the last hurrah of movie theaters before we closed down for an entire year. So, <laughs> like, I remember having a great time with people. And now, like, uh, I haven't had a good time with people since then. Um, Absolutely not. I can attest to that. <laughs> just in general, <laughs> in life. Um, the last time I felt joy was when I saw Cats <laughs> for the sixth time. No, actually, I did feel joy recently. Um, but that again was a cat's. 
was about to say it was at this like uh rooftop screening and it was like oh of cats um where i got so drunk that i decided to stand up during mr mistopheles and convince everyone to sing with us um and that is oh like my one of my, yeah i know and when you know me you're like that's not paul at all but i was so mad that i had come to the screening and i was like everyone's trying to have fun but no one will be the one that'll get everyone so like i did it and you know everyone came out to me at the end and we're like you made it so much fun i was like yes yes i did <laughs> you're welcome america <laughs> speaking of paul being drunk how was the tammy faye brunch it was very good and i got very drunk um, so you walked in and they were like, hi, and they're dressed weirdly like um, Meryl Streep in Don't Look Up. I don't know why it was nothing Tammy Fayette-esque. And um, they came up and they were like, hi, would you like champagne? So we drank champagne and then they were like, do you want fake eyelashes? And I was like, no. And they were like, are you sure? Every other guy is wearing them. And then I walk in and there's a bunch of gays. And I was like, oh, no, still not doing it. Um, but then... <laughs> We sat down and had a really great brunch. I got Bellinis and she was like, yeah, they're, um, do you want bottomless or regular? And I was like, I guess bottomless. And then she goes, cool, that's $40. And I was like, oh, I will be drinking nine of these. And I think I drank six, but, <laughs> um, I was like, I'm not paying like 40 bucks for, it's like, apparently I didn't know this place. Craig's, um, is like one of the main, like Hollywood celebrity sighting hotspots which is kind of cool but like i had no clue so i went to this like super bougie place because i just wanted to go to the tammy faye brunch but the whole time they were playing like clips of tammy faye all around us and i was like my friend was like man i really need to watch this movie she watched it she loved it um she was like if i was a voter i totally would vote for her for best actress and i was like this is what we're trying to get to <laughs> this is why we have fyc events <laughs> I mean, there definitely wasn't there definitely wasn't the Lady Gaga brunch. (laughs) That's for sure. There certainly wasn't the House of Gucci brunch. There isn't the Spencer brunch. The Spencer brunch would be depressing. (laughs) Spencer brunch is just like pearls in soup. (laughs) Hollow Gucci night at the Olive Garden. Oh my god. I would fully Carson, that's what you should do for your birthday next year. (laughs) Rent out an olive garden and theme at House of Gucci. Wear your Olive Gucci tie. Yeah, oh, I would get makeup done for that. Don't worry. I did go to Olive Garden this birthday, so it'd be like a fun tradition. Oh god. Or you could just live really rough for the next year and just be Paolo Gucci. <laughs> I like to think I am emotionally at times. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> how many times? To how many... the why and you couldn't get it out, and that's the best part. Yeah, I just heard the. <laughs> how many times do you go into your garage and just scream in your car and then honk the horn, just oh, like God. the scene in the movie? Oh, daily. Oh, great. <laughs> Can we talk about how House of Gucci's not even on the top 10 of the Oscars favorites? The gays are letting us down. That's um, all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it is really interesting what that list is. Um, because it really is just like fans of whatever actor. Yeah. Um, that also, doesn't surprise me at all that it happened. Like, honestly, well, the Johnny Depp stands and that movie nobody has seen because it like didn't release in North America. Funniest thing ever. That oh, is I so know, hilarious to me. Um, the other thing that's really funny is a, that they counted it for that list. B, I would love to know, uh, 
why they left Snyder Cut off. Um, like, I know it would have won, so I'm sure that's why they left it off, because they want No Way Home to win. But it's just very weird when you looked at that list and you were like, really? You don't have, like, the biggest nerd movie on I there right now? I think it's because it didn't play in theaters. Yeah, mm. but a lot of things didn't play in theaters. <laughs> no, like, but they had, like, the qualifying run, I think. wasn't that's eligible. Why. Yeah, but what? why does it matter for this? Like, it should have been anything. Wait, I, wait a second. You're telling me that Cinderella had an Oscar qualifying run? <laughs> I mean, it may have, but... <laughs> okay, to be clear, you didn't need... This year, you didn't need to play in theaters, but you had to have the intention of playing in theaters. So it being an HBO Max original, it would never would have played in theaters. Okay. The Snyder Cut doesn't have the power of Bezos behind it. This is true. Also doesn't have Camila Cabello giving what a great performance. And James Corden, what a performance. <laughs> Following up cats beautifully. Oh god! And the prom. What a trio of films. <laughs> Honestly. Well, let's get into our actual stuff we're talking about today, and let's start with the Batman. It's here after years of waiting for some. We finally did the Batman. Paul, I know you're a huge Batman fan. You expressed that last week. What were your thoughts on the Batman? It's fine. I mean, like, I really wanted to be, like, mad about it, but um, it feels a little bit just, like, jello. Like, I've, like, tried to figure out ways to attack it, and I'm like, there's just nothing. You know what it feels like? It feels like the Eternals to me, and I know that people are going to be like, oh, my God. But, like, in terms of just, like, it's just so inoffensive in its, like, blandness to me. I'm like, there's nothing, like, Shang-Chi, like, I have issues with. Um, Like, these, I'm like, eh, they're just there. Like, I do like parts. I think that mainly the biggest problem with this movie is Batman does jack all this entire movie. And I don't know how he for three hours. This man is like barely heroic. Um, he needs like my favorite part, you know, uh, is the big mystery in this movie. And I don't know if we're getting into spoilers, so I'll skip it. But like um, the big mystery, he's literally given it's just handed over. Like, someone walks in and they're like, hi, here's the twist. And he's like, oh, okay, well, then I'll do that. And it's supposed to be, like, a big moment of, like, figuring something out. I'm like, he was told it in the room he was supposed to figure it out. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not like he went to a different location. Spoiler alert, because our host just randomly started saying spoilers without giving a warning. Spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Or, like, figured something out. No, just very blatantly, like, told by someone who has an uncle who could help out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think everyone's fine. I think Paul Dano is terrible. Um, I think he's an embarrassing performance. And I'm very excited for Barry to dispatch him early on in the second movie. And I'm 100% sure that's coming. I thought you didn't want to get into spoilers and then got into like the clear spoiler from the film. I don't think of that as a spoiler because I feel like everyone heard about that. Like that was the one thing that I felt like it was just on the internet. Everyone was like, and Barry's Kugan, Kugan, Q. Yeah, sure. Sorry, <laughs> Irish people. Yeah. Kugan. Um, it Barry's the Joker. Woo. Oh, Actually, I feel like no, that was he's... very obvious when we saw him on the red carpet. 
No, well, okay, so they cast him as a police officer, they said. And then he just wasn't in it, apparently. I don't know. I no. No, 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 no. no, no, that is wrong. What is actually the truth, uh, that's not the truth, Ellen, um, is that uh, he was the Joker, but there was an original scene that they cut where Batman shows up in the middle of the movie and is like, hey, do you have anything to do with this? And he's like, no. But this is really cool. I love that someone's doing this. This is like wild. So fun for us. And he's like, no, fuck you. And then leaves. Um, and it's just supposed to be like Batman's been doing stuff. And he's already like met some of his rogue gallery. So you're like, oh, who else is in there? Um, I think it's really clever. I think the way they did this with him just at the end felt very post credit scene. And I didn't like yes. it. And I don't That's want so... it. Um, and uh, I think if he'd been in it, earlier it would have been like oh this is cool you know it's like there are other things going on i will say that i do appreciate that aspect of these this movie um it does feel like the the, things can be happening that aren't necessarily going to be shown to us as viewers um although with like the nine tv shows that they're announcing um that may not be the case but it feels like there's a world going on on outside of like the brief glimpses we'll get. You know, you watch a lot of these like MCU movies and it's like four years later, nothing happened in that period. Don't worry, guys. This feels like, yeah, by the time we jump back in the Batman 2, like the world will have changed a little bit. But um, I've talked too long. What do you guys think? Uh, So for me, a bit of context, um, I am possibly Robert Pattinson's most annoying fan. Like it is entirely possible. And that is saying... A lot. I love that Paul just took off his headphones. <laughs> I, love that. I, love, I love that. I honestly don't blame him because he's heard everything. I'm about I literally to say. was like, there is no way I'm listening to this speech. How caught Robert Pattinson is for the hundredth time. It's fine. No, I don't care. I just think it's funny. So, like, so as that exemplifies, I'm maybe his most annoying fan on the planet. So to me, this is a Robert Pattinson vehicle first and a Batman movie second. And that really factored into my anticipation for it, which was far too high for anything directed by Matt Reeves. I hate those apes movies so much. They're just ass and they're boring and they're just like so ponderous and serious and dark and the whole like, Andy Serkis should get an Oscar thing to me is just the biggest batch of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. So going, I, going in with those very mixed thoughts, but still very high expectations. Cause I thought it looked good. I really liked it, but I just feel like the way I've described it a few times is it feels like an unplugged version of a song from a rock opera where the whole time, like I just wanted it to be a little bit more exciting than it was because it just like, there's a lot of it that just kind of feels like, like Paul said that they're just kind of standing in rooms and he's just kind of tilting his head and going like one plus one is two. Like, and (laughs) that like for three hours, that's a little much, but to me, like the most fascinating element of it, shockingly, was Robert Pattinson's performance, which to me what? almost I know, 
<laughs> which to me almost feels like a form of like pantomiming or puppeteering because of what he's doing with the way he expresses himself through the suit and the way that he moves and just like the way he carries himself for the fact that he has to be Batman for so long in the movie the way that he just like works his way through those scenes and makes them compelling, I think is my favorite part. The rest of it, you know, it's a Batman movie. Like people are acting like it's so fucking different. Like people are acting like it's so different, but it feels like it's based on like the very first outline of a Batman comic ever written in 1930. Like they're like, what if there was a guy who dressed like a bat and solved mysteries and that's about as far as they take it in this one, which is a little grating. But overall, I liked it. It was like, what if we had a great Batman film, but we gave it a bad screenwriter? Is how right. I kind of see it. Because exactly, film, the more I sit with it, the more I'm like, eh, it's not good, is it? Um, <laughs> I think technically, I like it. I like the Gotham City. I like more gritty action, especially. I think the action's really well done. I like the performances overall, other than Dano, who is fucking horrendous paul thank you for saying so it. bad when he's like his little you know i'm paul dano like it works <laughs> but when he has to scream and i get to a point like it's intentional but like when he screams it is like embarrassing i would like could when, not imagine when the um when peter scars uh Sarsgaard has the like um head exploding thing and um it's like the most tense scene in the entire movie and like the fucking Riddler is like going, I'm like, please shut up. I am trying to be stressed and you're completely pulling me out of it. I liked him because he was just so goofy that like he was scary to me because he was just such a deeply goofy person. <laughs> but doing all this. I like, mean, I get that, you know, shit. hanging out with you. So. No, I, I mean, want to see Paul Dano be a weird little guy, though. I would rather just watch Prisoners again. He was just a silly goofy also, mood at times. I was telling my mom about this movie the other night, and I said that Paul Dano reminded me of a cross between a minion and Jeffrey Dahmer. And I feel yeah. like I'm really correct about that. You're not the wrong. Minion That's how I, feel about I was cackling because you had told me the minion reference. And then when he has all the little minions that looked like minions, I was like, this is for Alina. <laughs> I know she had a great moment. I wish they just screamed like the minions. <laughs> Banana! In, in, with, Paul's, with Paul's same like vocal inflections, but just not words. <laughs> I'm convinced they changed the ending because they changed it to where he has to be like an incel. I'm convinced they had the performance from the first half and they were like, huh. How do we kind of make this work? Let's just make him a oh, loser. I feel like there's so many, like, and to its credit, I can't find them, but I feel like there's a lot of reshoots and rewrites in this movie. <laughs> yeah, to because uh, make it a solo film for a franchise film, which is why yeah. it's three fucking hours and half the shit does not matter at all. Half the characters do nothing to the plot. Half the plot is just, like, this really weird, badly sense of, like, mystery. And, like, Death of the Nile we just talked about, which is a good mystery. But half the time, Batman just randomly can guess everything. But then when there's, like, an obvious clue, specifically a, one in Spanish, that, like, I'm sorry... <laughs> If the penguin can solve it immediately, he's like, are you an idiot? Yeah, you are. No, but he I'm also has to ev- fellas. Uh, that <laughs> scene is URL. <laughs> that's like, that's the one scene to me that feels like a Marvel movie because it's a joke that's like just okay. And they're like, what if it was three minutes long? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And going back to the penguin. Uh, <laughs> why but is why? that Colin Farrell? <laughs> 
<laughs> like I kept expecting like there to be a reason like they were going to do a flashback and he looks more like Colin Farrell or something. And maybe they'll do that in the show, but I don't see why you would. And also like it just feels like to me they went. Remember how we can always say the Oscar winning Suicide Squad? We can only say we're the Oscar winning The Batman, even though it's the hair and makeup award. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the only I thing that I can Colin figure. In it. I, I did the, too, I liked but the like, why? I liked him better than Paul Dano. I mean, like, I liked everyone better than Paul Dano. That's I liked, liked John Turturro better than Paul Dano, and I, I like John Turturro too. I hated Catwoman in this. I'll just say, I think she really? did her. nothing, and then like randomly the romance, but also she's clearly gay. It was just very strange. I, I didn't like the romance. No, I she's really felt the chemistry she, between Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. Oh, see, I did not. I wanted them um, to fuck. But that's that's only because like Robert Pattinson feels sexless to me. Um, Fair. Like, <laughs> I don't. I cannot imagine that man like having intercourse. Well, especially as he's cosplaying <laughs> as the emo kid from the back of Hot Topic. Yes. That's what makes him hot. I feel like I feel like he's <laughs> such a. <laughs> I feel like you imagine you you could imagine being any Robert Pattinson's characters first. <laughs> <laughs> And he's very upset about it. He cries the there's whole time. There's something, there's something pure about it. Like, oh God. I don't know. I feel like he's more like a voyeur and you just watches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like I just don't feel like this Batman's horny enough. Um, that's like one of my big things about Batman is like he's a huge sexual being. I just like I like the Batman of like you know, I miss the billionaire part of billionaire Bruce Wayne. The definitely, sexy part. Yeah. Like Give the me part- Christian Grey as Batman. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if Jamie Dornan was... <laughs> Could you imagine if she was Catwoman? Yeah, yeah. I can, actually. <laughs> Kristen Wiig is Catwoman. <laughs> there was just nothing sexy about this film, Paul. You're right. And, and, uh, well, You're valid, Michael. <laughs> You're valid. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it, I, it had an old Hollywood feel. Their scenes to me, like they, like it felt like watching like a Hayes Code movie. Like they get, <laughs> they get, where they, they have get, like a queer, two queer actors hanging right. out. They're like, I guess we're doing this. They get Marilena, close, kiss they get Rock close to, right? They get close to kissing, and then they they just kind of like peck each other. To me, that's horny. I like when that's she kisses horny. him when he's fully unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Catwoman is gay in this, right? Like, oh yeah, clearly it's supposed to be bi. Yeah, but like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's also not that upset when she finds the dead body of her girlfriend. <laughs> that's also randomly in the car. There's no reason for it to be in the car, but it's there. No, he like keeps it around. It's like a souvenir <laughs> for fun. I yeah, just assumed the that they hadn't dumped to go in the her body yet. Lane. If you have to go to the carpool lane, you could just yeah, put but her what, on the side. you go, you dump it, you don't keep it in your car, Alina. <laughs> like that's you know, a lot a of serial, serial killers keep bodies in their car until they dump them. Actually, it's well, been a he's thing. not. A, I mean, it's he's like not a serial killer. He's a, he's a mob. Alina's like, I have four saying. right now. Actually, <laughs> um, I don't own a car. Actually, Carson, or else maybe I would. Um, I'm just saying. Like, I did own a car, but it had too many bodies. Probably so we- like. Start he's a smell. mob guy he's busy he didn't have time to dump her body yet probably i don't know there's a lot of like weird things with the mystery in these movies i also like, don't know what the mystery lot is of... i don't yeah. understand what happens like... plot wise in this film oh i, I really? vibe my way through it just like batman 
I thought the way I, he this Batman gets by on vibes alone, and I respect him <laughs> for it. He is dumb as fuck, absolutely. Like, sorry, yeah. like, like I like I have complete respect for like Paul's thing where he's just dumb. Like, I understand why that's annoying. It's just to me for some reason it just appeals to me. I'm just like, mm, fuck yeah. I wonder dude. why. Yeah, right? I feel like so many people in this movie are dumb though, because like Batman <laughs> figures out all of the like clues or like the riddles are so bad (laughs) yeah and i'm like you're the fucking riddler guy and like this is so clearly based on the zodiac killer which has been unsolved for like 50 fucking years and you can't yeah it hasn't been yes it Um, it was no it hasn't been no it hasn't been not confirmed (laughs) by the fbi it was confirmed by like a group of random people who are into solving ciphers and they claimed they solved it but the fbi doesn't like subscribe to that notion so it could be that guy but it's not like officially confirmed that he's the zodiac killer unless like actual authorities (laughs) i don't think we ever dealt as a culture that the zodiac killer had reviews for lady gaga albums And and he loved them, which I love. I'm just saying, the Zodiac ciphers are supposed to be, like, really difficult to, like, uncover. And then these ones are super simple. And I'm like, if you're going to base shit off the Zodiac killer, at least make it difficult. Yeah, well, also, like... like, I'm stupid, and I was figuring things out really easily. Well, I also think, like, one of the things that's really fun about the Riddler is, like, Batman doesn't usually solve them until, like, later. So he'll, Mm -hmm. like, get it, and he's like, I don't fucking know. And then as he finds out more things, he's like, wait a second... And he has, like, that moment where, like, you know, he looks at all of them and he's like, I know what happened. And, like, they really don't have that moment um, where, like, they try it with, um, you know, the the scene. Um, and, like, to Alina's point, it's like the cops would have found that. <laughs> there is no way they didn't, like, check some of that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. I just... I wanted a bigger mystery. Like it it feels very quaint in its mystery. Also, I was talking to uh, Michael about it. I was like, I wish that they had had like four semi big name actors who all were playing like guys named Ed in something. And you're like, I don't know which fucking one it is. And then that would have been like a little bit more fun. Like have them like spruce throughout the plot. And you're like, oh, okay, it could be one of them and then reveal it. And it's like, oh, okay, I had a mystery at least. Because I'm sure you guys, uh, like Carson, I think you're the least Batman-y. Yeah. But you like know who <laughs> the Riddler's real identity is. Well, it wasn't even that. I just knew it was Paul Dano. Like, I think yeah, that right. was a mistake just to say it was Paul Dano. Because I was like, okay, I know who it is. <laughs> like, I yeah. got it. <laughs> Imagine your surprise if you were watching the first half of his performance and you're like, holy fuck, that was Paul Dano? Well, no, I that, wouldn't have guessed, personally. <laughs> that would have been, been so good. Because you, like, if you just didn't reveal who it was and you just, like, it just would have made such a better Well, mystery. and also, Paul Dano doesn't put, like, butts in seats. It's not like. He puts my butt yeah. in the seat. <laughs> I love that motherfucker. I'll see anything he's in. I'll yeah, be first in line for the Fableman. But like the average moviegoer. Um, but yeah, like my yeah, mom doesn't I, uh, know who he is. Yeah, for example. Um, which is funny because he is come. now just going to be the weird guy in Batman for I mean, the rest of his. Career. But you know who else doesn't? Is Barry Kurgan. Just like <laughs> also, and this man, I don't know how I texted you, Paul. How is this white twink who's not good at acting getting all these roles? Because I don't get it. Because he sucks. Because he's, he's not a good. weird guy. 
So and he's, also, like, like, he's the exact same as Paul Dano. He plays like creepy, weird little guys. So he gets typecast. But Paul Dano doesn't get roles. the Joker. Paul very gets the Joker. And I was really, I don't know. I guess I'm alone in this. I was like, that seems like the worst possible choice for the Joker. I really uh, was shook at it at the end of the credits. We read an interview with him. Matt Reeves after, and he said that he's probably not going to use the Joker for the sequel, which is interesting. I really hope he does Well, I, I don't... Okay, so, like, my personal belief on what he's doing, um, like, what Reeves is, like, overall planning is that exactly what I was saying earlier is that he's going to make it, like, there's stuff going on, and, like, I think the Joker will probably pop up as a, like, legitimate character in one of them but i don't think he'll ever become like the villain that batman's facing because that's kind of how the batman comics go is like the villains kind of like intertwine with each other's stories and you'll be like oh i'm watching a story about killer croc but all of a sudden like clayface is here for you know because he's doing his own thing and that's kind of like what's cool about gotham um is that like it kind of is like a madhouse run by the you know the inmates um and everyone just kind of deals with it uh so like i do think if they do something like that where he just like pops up occasionally but i think that they needed that opening scene with him for that really to like sell me on this um i think (laughs) there's so many sequences in this that you could have cut and i don't understand why they left the scenes that like the whole stuff with uh her uh catwoman's roommate girlfriend is like unneeded (laughs) for the catwoman tv show <laughs> yeah, I just think exactly. they could have cut the Falcone stuff. There's absolutely gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be Catwoman mm-hmm. Bloodhaven, almost uh, definitely. And I'm sure that's what she's gonna meet Dick Grayson, who will not be Robin. He'll be Nightwing straight off. I'm just like I, I see what's happening. Um, oh, by the way, uh, here's a little nerd credentials. I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, there's a famous character in. That's a Big Bang Theory moment from you. Yeah, well. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so I can tell you what probably the next movie is going to be about. Um, no. Oh. Almost positive um, it will be about Thomas Elliot and Hush, which is considered one of the most popular modern Batman comics. So Hush is basically an old childhood friend of Bruce Wayne who, like, gets plastic surgery to look like Bruce Wayne and starts running around the city acting evil. And then they have to figure out who hush is it turns out to be his friend that's not a spoiler because in this i think it's going to be completely different but there's a moment when the riddler's doing his like info dump in the middle of the movie and it says the reporter so and so elliot so it's obviously uh thomas elliot's dad and then the next shot he says they tried to pay him hush money and in big letters it says hush and i'm like oh okay that's what they're doing so Hmm. hush is the next villain and it'll be very cool because hush is like one of those like basically he like wraps himself like the invisible man and he goes around and kills bad guys exclusively um so is that like not just what the riddler did no I, he kills I, quite literally he kills, no 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 he kills like the super villains so i'm sure like the riddler will get killed by him and like all these Good. like so he's like, try- yeah, I think that that's what they're setting up. Why there's so many villains all of a sudden. Like I was counting and I was like, there's a lot of villains. Um, I think that that'll be like the like kill off Batman's rogues gallery by this guy. And you'll be like, oh, this is kind of kind of fuck with this. Um, but yes, I think we're going to get like multiple serial killer. Um, 
Batman things, which I'm Batman so does. worried not about for me. that. I, I, had, <laughs> I had heard somewhere that Matt Reeves wants to do Calendar Man, and I was like, I swear to God, if the next movie is Robert Pattinson <laughs> trying to like guess what day of the month something's going to happen or whatever the fuck, Matt. Like, like my only thing with I, I there's like Matt Reeves keeps going like he's a what is the word a reclusive rock star and i feel like the best way to evolve that over a trilogy would be to have him be basically three different personalities and three different looks three different styles and have like the villains evolve along with him that because then that would justify the emo thing more because then you could look back and be like oh this was the first really distinct phase of his character and then he moved on to the playboy and like watching that evolution would be cool but yeah. I'm so worried that the next movie is going to be like as cool as that sounds. There's part of me that's just like, that's the same fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I could definitely say yeah. that. And the other thing that's interesting is like, I mean, uh, I guess we can get in spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, there are no spoilers in this fucking movie. Well, what is there to spoil? I Literally just, what? I think we've also said every spoiler, so I think I'm just going to put at the beginning that there's spoilers. <laughs> I didn't realize we were trying to be non-spoiler. I know. I was just, I was going to say, like, Gotham floods, and now we're doing, like, you know, the whole No Man's Land thing, and, um, it's the most boring part of fucking Gotham. I hate No Man's Land. So basically, No Man's Land is, like, uh, the city's flooded, and, like, it's lawless, and it's basically like, I don't know if you guys ever played, but like Arkham City or Arkham Knight or any of those like uh, Batman video games where it's like the villains are in control of the city and Batman's trying to get around. But the problem is like what's kind of fun about Batman is that he has to go to like a gala and like do all the stuff, but then like go out later and fight crime um in no man's land it's like yeah bruce wayne has left the city like theoretically so like as everyone did so you know um it's less uh less duality more just like batman all the time same bat time same bat channel and what's more in those games you have to go around finding riddler trophies and the riddle is just it's in this box in front of you. <laughs> so, so go fight these 70 men. No. <laughs> My twin. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They're I have a question emulated. going to the Riddler's um, like mystery. I l- watched this at like 8 p.m. So by the time the third hour was rolling around, I was tired. Oh, um, did they explain like how the Riddler knew all of this stuff? Because I cannot remember that for the life of me. The newspaper yeah, clippings said no. that he was you... there all along. No, 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 no. Um, he says he's an accountant. And right. he starts reading about the renewal and realizes that all of the money from the renewal is going to all those different people. So he was basically like, all this is, is he's an evil auditor. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I did not gather that from one. It's, that it's when he's talking. Um, it's when he's when they read the diary. Um, mm, okay. When they read his diary, which was so. Athlete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he goes like, uh, I looked at a thing. It said renewal. And it's those pages that like um, Bruce Wayne pulls out at one point, And it's like the renewal. Which they did not explain renewal enough to where I felt like I understood what the hell it was. It was so vague. I was like, 
How much it money seemed were you like guys- it was like this like billion dollar fund to do like anything helpful. Like it wasn't like anything specific. It's just like this will help Gotham. Here's a billion dollars to do it. That's what I, I also love asked. that Bella Real is like, I want to dismantle it. And like it just sounds very bad for her platform, and she's still winning. <laughs> she's like, I want to get rid of the good stuff. Somehow There's no just- like I want to like redo it. It's just like no more renewal. <laughs> we are done renewing. Somehow the city that's run by the mob. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, isn't shot by the mob is shot by like random Redditors. <laughs> isn't that how it would go? The insult mass shooting was a lot. Also, I was like, okay, we're doing this. That's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, was... I, I liked, I like, I thought that that was a good climax, which is, is great because the scene itself looks like shit. Like the way the mist looks, looks like the Mandalorian with the fucking like LED screens, and it just <laughs> like takes me out how bad it looks. You know but what? The actual Actually... set piece is really entertaining. Wait, that what you just said really like clicked something for me. This does just feel like a TV show to me. Like, I feel like oh, I yeah, watched, yeah. like, a three-episode, like, HBO Max show. I don't know why it doesn't feel like a movie. Even when, like, Gotham's fucking flooding, people, m- tens of millions of people just die on screen. And I'm like, mm, okay. Then we get to the <laughs> cryptocurrency arena. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the three shots from the trailer, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, oh, God. It's, yeah. Oh, oh and then it I'm sure Alina like didn't like this either. <laughs> when they cut to the dog drowning, I was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> oh, my God. That was mean. I was like, I didn't mean to see that. I... Also, like, behind him was definitely the steps of the city hall, so he would have been fine, but instead he's like, no, no, I'll just die here. (laughs) What you guys don't know is that dog, that's actually the origin story of Crypto, the super I was thinking that, no, it's Ace (laughs) the Bat Dog, actually, is what I was like. I wonder if he's going to save this dog and then get a dog. No, he does not show up again. (laughs) Kevin Hart just shows up in this movie. This is actually the direct prequel to The Secret Life of DC Pets or whatever the fuck it's called. They played the trailer before, like, for that stupid Pets DC animated movie. And, like, my crowd was like, that looks really good. And I was like, are you people okay? Like, you're grown adults. (laughs) Keanu Reeves seems funny as bad. Like, I feel like this, like, like, I don't really think Lego Batman is that funny. But I feel like Keanu, not the movie, the whole movie. But I feel like Keanu Reeves as Batman could be as funny to me as the Lego Batman movie seems to be for the obsessives of that, which I will never understand. I saw the trailer for Encanto and I had two thoughts. This looks miserable and oh God, Paul's going to love it. So I have a question. Did you, did anyone else hate his fucking diary? I loved his diary. Hated his diary. No, that also, was so cringy. I, I wanted like, I his diary to be, I wanted his diary to continue throughout the movie. Maybe I just like thought his voice was great, but the diary, I was digging it. It was truly emo. Diary of a Wimpy The diary was like, this is for everybody who doesn't know anything about Batman. So we're going to include this diary here. But I was suffering. I was like, I know all of this shit already. Come on. It was super clearly Matt Reeves just trying to be Paul Schrader because Paul Schrader does that in like every film. Yes. And he was like, why would you do that? It wasn't good. Like Paul Schrader, I would say, does it really well. But Matt Reeves was was similar to how Joker was just trying to be Martin Scorsese. He was like, damn, I want this to seem deep. What can I do? Oh, that works. And it was not good. I do 100% 
believe at this point that DC or like Warner Brothers um, needs like visual references for their pitches. And that's like what happens. And then they keep going like I can almost imagine like the directors are like trying to move away from it. And they're like, wait, what happened to all the references to <laughs> the following movies that you used in your mood board? <laughs> I don't see a direct correlation. Um, but uh, no, I was going to say that like his eye makeup is like, I think it bothers his right eye. And there was a scene where he's supposed to look menacing. And like Robert Pattinson has very little teeth. And he's showing his little gerbil mouth. And he has one squinty eye. And I was like, um, <laughs> this is not. Is that the eye that he ball. wears the contact thingy in? Yeah, maybe. But like, he shouldn't be squinty regardless. It was is just that- very. Is that not menacing? Like, if you saw that dude coming and he was making some fucking wild face like that right before he beats the shit out of one of your friends, I'd be freaked out. I'd be like, what did you guys think of Batman costume? I like it. I didn't like like his little nose thingy. I didn't either. It was a little leather daddy to me. (laughs) I don't think. I liked it. Like a little gimp I don't think it's flattering, but now having seen the movie, I think in context, the fact that it's not flattering kind of helps because he's supposed to be- man has no taste. Right. No, he's supposed to be psychotic. And I actually was kind of- I had this conversation with Paul after the movie because Paul was like, it was really dark. And to me, it did not read as that dark, like at least not in comparison to other Batman things. It was regular. So like to me, like him looking so strange kind of gave me the psychotic element that Reeves and Robert Pattinson acted was going to be like was going to be the whole movie. They were like, it's such a rich, deep, different take where you're going to see he's a freak. He's a loon. You've never seen anything like this. And he just acts like Batman. Also, I think he acts like (laughs) I think it's interesting and they don't explain why. But both Riddler and Batman have the same, like, nose, like, cut out, Alina. As soon as she started talking about it, I was like, oh, I was going to mention it for the Riddler costume. Oh, that's so um, true. And the... Little, <laughs> <laughs> um, little oxygen bots. Oh, also, um, I think it's really funny that they kept talking about, like, oh, we changed the the story so much. And it's like, oh, did you? I mean, like, the thing is. <laughs> Like, this is a different type of incel, but Riddler was always an incel. Like, that's, like, a common thing for him is that, like, he's, like, you know, a big nerd who's, like, rejected so many times that he's, like, I'm going to be a little weirdo. A new Um, incel. (laughs) A new um, variety. I I also, like, when the Riddler has his little breakdown um, and he's, like, screaming and crying, I was, like, why are you this upset? Like, I... I could not comprehend. I could not see where he's the an shift- orphan. No, no, because t- <laughs> he was that. upset about- that Bruce is an orphan and that he didn't get no, what he was going for. No, I, I got all that. Okay. I mean, I understood his motivation. I was talking about when he um, was talking to Batman, and Batman's like, "What have you done?" And he's like upset, and he's like running around the room, like crying. I was like, "Why are you? Why are you like?" It just seemed like I didn't understand why he thought that like Batman was his buddy. It like they never because gave that moment. Because they're both orphans. Yeah. No, he doesn't know that Batman's an. 
Batman? He doesn't know that. Yeah, Batman's he he knows that he knows. How would he, he know out that like Bruce is Batman? Did he not? No, he did no. not. <laughs> that's what I. That's, that's like the whole. Happening. That's the whole twist of the movie is that he didn't figure it out because he keeps going. I don't remember, way, man. I saw it on Thursday and I was very tired. And before we go any further, let's hear a word about the sponsor for today's episode. Well, I would say overall, if I had to give a read on this Batman, it's giving me like very dark emo teenager. So let's move to our show about kind of emo dark teenagers. Euphoria season two. Euphoria? Euphoria. (laughs) Paul making fun of me when I went to speech therapy for years. Got it. Um, I mean, you became a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) I regret it every day. Let me tell you. Every week it rolls around like, God, why are we doing this? Um, Alina. Why don't you kick things off with Euphoria season two? Um, Sam Levinson is my arch nemesis. I don't like him and I did not want to watch this show. But Paul was like, we should do it on the podcast. And I was like, fine. And then I binge watched it in like less than a (laughs) week because it's like insane, but not good. I don't know. I liked some of the characters, but overall, even like season season one is like fine. I liked it, but season two is like really, really like messy and like incoherent. And I kept forgetting stuff that was happening. And I was like, there's too many characters for me to deal with. Sam Levinson, I'm tired. Um, the I the only episode I would say that I like really loved was like the penultimate episode when it's like Lexi's play that was fine I'm glad that like Maude Apatow had some like more shit to do this season because I really like Lexi as a character but overall I was like I don't give a shit about most of these plot lines I'm so sorry to Zendaya and Zendaya I don't care about Rue and her drug problems I'm tired um Cassie and Maddie I cared about them because I relate to them and all of their like toxic nonsense but like the rest of them I was like who cares can you kill off some of these people I've had enough those are my thoughts (laughs) that's sad (laughs) is it (laughs) Uh, like my favorite shows in the world are like 13 reasons why elite and euphoria is very much my thing so i'm really i thought you would like this lena that's sad i don't like sam levinson i think i actually like the majority of his work but he just annoys me as a person and malcolm and marie is just bad but like i'm the only malcolm and marie fan on the planet i think (laughs) every you wrote every time i like i say i like malcolm and marie people look at me like i just yeah like (laughs) said the most offensive thing possible he's just throwing slurs (laughs) no literally like that's and i'm just like film dudes be like that and i will put that in caps and in bold that is one of the best portrayals of a man in film i have ever seen Oh, He's God. a bad person for writing it, but it's not wrong. <laughs> sure. I <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so my experience with Sam Levinson is um he went to my uh school he didn't go to my school, but like he uh introduced his movie uh Another Happy Day, I think is what it's called. And I watched it because of um, Ellen Barkin, who for some reason at the time I was a big fan of. I don't know. I was young um, and she was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. But um, so I went to go see it and I was like, this guy's fine. I liked the movie well enough. Um, I should revisit it now. But um, 
I like it disappeared out of my mind. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, that guy's doing a TV show. Cool. I'll go watch it. Um, So I watched the first episode of Euphoria, like the week it came out and I hated it. But I kept watching and I don't know why. But like. I slowly began to like be fans of the actors more than like what was going on and so i continue to watch although i will say episode four of season one i think is like the high point of maybe like most like teen television which is the carnival episode so i went in to season two like a little bit excited i don't know and then it's so memeable but like not good i yeah i overall love it like i enjoy it but when i think about it i'm like <laughs> it's not like well made but i like i have a great time and i like go rewatch clips more than shows that i think are better like i've rewatched the um you know uh, oklahoma scene like a thousand times cuz i think it's so <laughs> funny i think also like you know a huge credit to why i like this season of euphoria is actually White Lotus. And like it made me be a fan of Sydney Sweeney. And so like this also was the season where like Sydney Sweeney got the shine. So you're like, oh, cool. Immediate gratification after White Lotus. If only um, what's the guy who plays Shane's name? What's Jake Lacey? Jake, if only Jake Lacey had been in this season, oh god, would have, you would have been. That would have been your uh, truly most obnoxious era. Oh, he could be and, a teacher and replace uh, Lori with Jennifer Coolidge. No, literally, I feel like I feel like it's just Jennifer point, Coolidge. I feel like at this point, Euphoria just kind of like transcends quality because you'll be like, "Wow, that's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen," and then you'll be like, "Wow, that's one of the worst scenes I've ever seen." And then, wow, that that was beautiful. Wow, that was so... Uh, like, it's just, like, kind of this, like, gelatinous bot blob that we just don't really know what to say and at it's, this point. Because it just confuses you. It just, like, overstimulates you to the point to where, like, all critical thinking leaves. It's almost body. like you did drugs. And right. you're just, like, <laughs> vibing. And credit to Sam Levinson, every project he does, you can tell every frame, the person behind the camera is like, this is genius. This is transcendent work. You can tell, and it has the confidence beaming, which is why it works so well, as it always believes in itself. I'll give it that. I also think that a huge part of the show, um, like a, a massive amount of why um, it works, is Labyrinth, um, who is the guy who writes all the themes and also, I believe, is the same person who chooses most of the music. The music and the soundtrack in this always is like so fire. And when you hear some, like, some of the, like, you know, uh, musical cues for the characters, you're like, nothing is happening on the screen, but I've seen it, these, you know, motifs used in more important moments. So, like, I'm, like, kind of upset for this character, even though they're just, like, sitting there. Because you, like, know what's, you know, uh, the buildup of it all. Um, which is why I think, like, overall, all of these HBO shows... um their choice in uh, composers is what's making them above and beyond. Um, White Lotus, you know, same thing. Uh, Succession, same thing. Like, you remember the music, and it almost is like, 
a handicap for the the screen writing um and i think that's really important to what this show is um but yeah i think it's great um carson i'm sure you enjoyed it as much as me um at the beginning of episode three the little uh 90s cutaway i think is like one of the best parts of the whole show um which is just like it's cal's like backstory and it's like basically a little uh <laughs> 10 minute call me by your name and i was like yes this is great and also i want that for more characters like give me a whole story that feels like full um when they do the kids it's all pre like it's it's background work um i would like more stuff with the parents like show me what rue's mom did when she was like a teenager like you know give me some stuff like i would much rather those be the specials than rue sitting at a diner recapping <laughs> season one that was not one of my favorite episodes of the whole show to be honest i, I like the jewels one the, i really the, liked that one i like them both yeah, i liked the yeah. jewels one better Really, um, anything with Zendaya in this show, I think, is pretty genuinely good. Like, the last, like, the episode five of season two, where she just, like, she does her Emmy tantrum. I loved it. When yeah, she it runs, great. I liked that. When she pulls the ladybird. Oh, when she fun. does Uncharted? And she does the Jurassic <laughs> World, like, hold up the hands to stop the cars. That was good. Like, the I'm velociraptors. Just, I'm just imagining Tom Holland watching that scene where she's jumping around the week before Uncharted and just being like, I can't believe you did this to me. Like, just so <laughs> furious. Because it's better than any acrobatics Tom Holland does in Uncharted. It's more fit. Um, quick note to audience members. As much as Michael stands Robert Pattinson, he hates Tom Holland. Yes. So that's important to know for his, like, casual just disdain of Tom it seems. <laughs> it seems like... I don't dislike him as a person, but I think he's <laughs> the worst Spider-Man, like by a mile, and just a generally like just a, a grading screen presence. Like when I he's supposed saw to somebody be an adult tweet yesterday that if we gave Tom Holland a six-month subscription to the Criterion Channel, then we could save indie cinema. And I was like, Are you I sure saw that too. That? Are you sure? Are you really sure? I disagree with you, Twitter person. Tom Holland be right. like, I love these indie directors, the Russo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw what happened. He chose Cherry. <laughs> hey, I heard that's going to be a real serious Oscar contender and that it's a new modern masterpiece. So it I don't know what you're talking about. It could favorite. You never know. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry wins a year late. <laughs> Audiences finally. <read> like <laughs> Do the Cherry. whole like... Uh, La La Land like flip reveal and they're like it's Cherry. <laughs> they should do if Chaplin can win twenty years after he releases the film. Cherry can also. Okay, they can do a Cherry <laughs> sequel where it's Tom Holland from Cherry, Andrew Garfield from Hacksaw Ridge, and Toby Maguire from Brothers. Oh, no, it has to be Andrew from <laughs> Under the Silver Lake. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> PTSD cross. My favorite movie. Ugh. Your number one film of all time, Paul. <laughs> Under the Silver Lake. <laughs> I remember putting that on and being so excited. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> within like 30 seconds. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for the new releases of the week. Alina, it's your time to shine. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Take it away. Yeah, we're back on the road to WrestleMania. Fun. I'm tired. 
not of like the wrestling, but like, listen, this week was a lot and it's not my fault. I'm not taking any responsibility for this. I picked one Scooby-Doo movie and Paul was like, hey, there's a lot of WWE cartoons. Let's do all of them. So we did four. And I was like, oh my God. I had a time with these as somebody who is like a wrestling fan. So I cannot imagine like watching these, like knowing nothing about who any of these people are. Well, just overall, Lena, can I just say this was easily the best week of any of these series we've ever done. I'm sad to hear you say it because I had a fucking blast with every one of these, but one and we'll get there. But like, I thought these were incredible. (laughs) I was like, this is cinema. (laughs) Imagine watching these without any knowledge of the Flintstones or the Jetsons. Me? I didn't watch. This was my first. Okay, thank God. (laughs) I thought that I was going to be. This was literally my only exposure to them. Which made it so much better. (laughs) Right. Because if I like. This is like the only time I would have ever watched anything related to the Flintstones and Jetsons by my own will. It just what wasn't happening. And just like <laughs> yesterday, Paul being like, never, never, ever. <laughs> I was so upset. Um, yeah. I mean, like a uh, quick, I guess we'll like talk about our experiences. I have no clue. I was going to explain of- to our listeners like what we were oh, yeah, actually talking it. about. Um. Okay, so, like, for some reason, I Googled, and I could not figure out why, but, like, the WWE decided to do, like, four crossover movies with, like, Hanna-Barbera characters. (laughs) I don't know why. I feel like somebody from Warner Brothers just went into, like, WWE offices and was like, hey, Vince McMahon, this would be really good for business. And Vince, being, like, a dinosaur, was like, yeah. Let's do it. I'm a billionaire. We can do whatever the fuck I want. And I think that's how it happened. But don't quote me on that. Um, So there's a Scooby-Doo WrestleMania mystery from 2014. And then we have the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown the next year. Then we go back to Scooby-Doo with – what the fuck is it called? It's a long-ass name. The Curse of the Speed Demon or something like that. Yeah. So it's wrestling but like – car racing and i don't understand (laughs) why because there is no car racing league in the wwe vince mcmahon did have a football league at one point but he's never invested in race car driving not yet at least and then we have the jetsons in wwe robo wrestlemania um shocked there's no yogi bear anyway so we can go back and we can discuss the first one scooby-doo wrestlemania mystery and what do you guys think this one, like, <laughs> was a lot for me. I mean, it was a better mystery than the Batman. Like, it definitely... <laughs> You're not wrong, are you? Like, it had, I did it not had... figure it out, to be fair. It was more, like... <laughs> like, there, there's, there's a... I was joking yesterday because there's a part in it where Fred, like, starts taking evidence photos and then acts like he's the very first person to ever think of doing that. <laughs> and then, like in the Batman, when they were snapping pictures, I, I leaned over and I was like, wow, they got this idea from Fred. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I don't... wait, wait, the setup to WrestleMania mystery is Shaggy and Scooby who are apparently wrestling fans. I don't know if, I don't think that's a thing from like before in Scooby-Doo. No. <laughs> it's not. Um, they're wrestling fans all of a sudden and they're playing a WWE video game 
Um, and they beat the video game, and then they beat, like, this, like, after dance-off thing, which has not happened in any of the WWE video games I have played, but whatever. Maybe they've added it since then. Um, and they win the, like, epilogue to the game, and so then they win a trip to WWE City, which is not a thing, but I would like it to be a thing, because I imagine (laughs) it would be, like, Dollywood or something, like, nonsensical like that, and it'd be really fun. Um, and then they convince the rest of Mystery Inc. to, like, tag along because we cannot have a Scooby-Doo movie without the rest of them, I guess. Uh, and there's, like, a demon, like, haunted bear who was, like, terrorizing the WWE superstars. And then Mystery <laughs> Inc. has to figure out who the demon bear is. And I was like, okay. Also, Daphne really gets obsessed with John Cena. And that was my favorite part of the movie. So, yeah, that's this is a very fun. horny movie. <laughs> it really is. Fred just gets straight cocked. Like, there's no, there's no way around it. She just she dips on his ass, and it's just immediate. It like she doesn't even stop to consider him. It's just he he's dead. That's to her. the power of John Cena. Um. Yeah. No, I think this movie's like really interesting because. It feels the the rest of them feel less corporate. This one feels so corporate to me. It feels so <laughs> like, all right, here's what we're doing. We have to like talk about WWE at this amount of time, and we have to like have it be about WWE. And every moment is, you know, a relation to like the overall feel. But it also does have like that Scooby Doo like um, heart to it. Um, you know, things like wwe city and all this stuff that's like yeah that's kind of scooby-doo a a bear that has nothing to do with you know wrestling uh as far as alina told me um you know all of that's really fun um the cameos are very there's one movie that has worse cameos but this one's pretty rough um but overall i didn't hate it it was just like it was just like fun um I feel like if I watched it not for this, I would have probably turned it off at some point, but I'm glad I finished it. I'll remember that I watched it. <laughs> See, this is the one I was bored by. This is the one I didn't like. And there are some things I like about it. I think the concept of WWE City is like fucking hilarious. I love it. That's great. Having this random demon bear who was like a bear that used to fight on these lands. Great. Iconic. But I was just like, it's really, it felt very Batman-y, where I was just like, wow, this is long. God, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care about this, say. Eh? Yeah, wow, like, what a cool location. It, it was just, it, this one really, it didn't have the hook to get me. The rest had a hook that was just, like, really good. Not a lot of the jokes got me, felt weird. It was just like, and then everyone watches Scooby-Doo do the clear dance, and they're like, what's he doing? It's like, well, he's doing the dance, you know? If I was a child, I probably would have enjoyed this a lot more, but being me didn't do much for me, this one. (laughs) Being just out of childhood. Okay, wait, (laughs) Being freshly turned 16, I don't care anymore. I don't like it. (laughs) It's not cool, Mom. This is like a key plot point that our listeners need to know about this movie. So there's a point where Scooby is accused of stealing the WWE championship belt. And apparently in like the laws of WWE City, you can like get out of criminal charges by winning a wrestling match. 
So, like, <laughs> Vince McMahon books Scooby and Shaggy, and he calls him them, like, Skinny Man and Dead Meat are, like, their wrestling <laughs> names, and he makes them play Kane. And Kane is, like, one of the scariest guys. He's, like, supposed to be Undertaker's brother. And I was like, this is a lot for, like, even me to get behind. It was a lot <laughs> confusing. Also, I feel like this one just doesn't work as well as the other ones because the other ones have, like, like, John Cena's in this, to be fair. But the other ones have, like, more big names. And this one has, like, a bunch of, like, random people that only mattered in, like, 2014. And they're, like, not in WWE, like, now or, like, anymore or, like, left much of an impact. Like, Sin Cara was a guy who was, like, a thing for, like, a few months. And he's, like, a huge part of this movie. And, like, he everybody in WWE at the time just didn't like him because he was just, like, some random guy that they were, like, shoving down our throats and were, like, Fuck off, Sankara. And they're like, everybody I wish else. I would in shove the movie... animated John Cena on my throat. Oh, God. Same. Just like everybody in this, except for John Cena and like Vince McMahon, are like irrelevant. And that's not the case with the other three movies. So I feel like it reflects Hollywood also. in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I totally agree with you. Um, not that I know who any of these people are, but like, I would at least go in the other movie, they'd go, Oh, I've heard of that person. Um, exactly. And then just no with the others. It was just boring. Like Sin Cara's just like, you know, silent. He doesn't do any. Like the kid, the, it's not even that I recognize people from the other movies, but they were just more fun from like a concept standpoint to watch. It's know. because in real life, Sin Cara was a boring character who never talked either. His only thing Call is that he had a trampoline coming to the ring. It's true. All he did was botch things. Um, so, you know what? Flop. You shouldn't have been in this movie, and it would have been better. Also, this is the last thing I'll say before we move on to the next one. There's this guy. The announcer, Michael Cole, is a real guy in, like, WWE, and he's, like, a decent announcer in real life, but he's bad in this movie. And I'm like, you're doing your job, guy. Why are you, like, line reading like this? You do this every single night on Monday Night Raw. I'm confused. Whatever. It's fine. Okay. Do you do guys you know think- like, what you meant? Second- I know it's not what you meant, but I do like the idea of Sin Cara just coming out and having a huge trampoline on the stage and just being like, hey, before I fight you, let me show you some cool flips. <laughs> I love so that. Wait, you can cut this. You can cut this. But like they would show it like they wouldn't you wouldn't see it like on cameras, but like he'd come to the ring and then like so the ring would be here and this would be like the ramp. So you'd only see the camera from this side. They would hide a trampoline here. So he'd like run to the ring and like bounce and flip over the top ropes. But everyone like like kids would assume that he could like just jump and do that. But it was a trampoline. And that was his only thing. You can cut all that. But like that's the oh. only thing to that fucking character. Paul watches an adult and is like, holy shit, he can jump that high. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was I was gonna ask, do you guys want to just like move on to the next Scooby Doo or do you want to yeah. do them in like chronological order? I think next Scooby Doo. Do you guys think that the okay. citizens of wrestling WWE City like think that every part of the matches and all three of these cartoons <laughs> are like just part of the skit when there's actual life or death stakes involved like do you guys do you guys think that like they think scooby and shaggy are registered wwe wrestlers well that's what are, actually that like, was, was my big question with the plot uh related my <laughs> my main thing was like um do you move there if you're a fan or is it like you know, you got a job and you're like, all right, I'm moving to WWE City as like the accountant or whatever. 
And you're like just sitting there. I assumed there and you're like, that it was like a miniature city for as... WWE employees, and then fans could go there because they had their own arena. I don't think like fans <laughs> actually live there. Um, and also about whether they think it's real or not, I don't know, because like some fans are children and real don't like know that it's some not real. Fans are Wait, <laughs> in the film, it's real though, um, right? <laughs> no, there's I can't remember any of the specific sentences, but they would say things that like implied that it was like scripted. And I was like, wow, I'm surprised that they're like, obviously it would go over like children's heads, but I picked up on it and I was like, I would not be saying that in a children's movie because the whole point of like wrestling is you're supposed to like kids think it's real. Like when I was watching wrestling when I was like 10, I thought it was real until my uncle told me it wasn't. I was very upset. I was crushed. When I learned that it wasn't real, I never I mean, understood. When the I learned it was scripted, it. wrestling is real. Um, that, that, that's what I was. Real. That's what I was always so confused by because, I, like, when people told me it was fake, I'm like, it does look like they're really hitting each other and falling. It took me so long to grasp that. It's yeah. Scripted. Also, just don't get why people yeah. like hate it. It's like you watch any form of media and like you watch euphoria and they're not real high school students i'm not like this is so stupid they are not even real like what (laughs) i'm kidding it's real i actually thought the batman was a documentary santa's also coming (laughs) okay thank god (laughs) they've been Um, real good this year i don't know i just thought that was like a weird thing to do in like a kid's movie but whatever also, we, let's move on to the second one. They did a second Scooby-Doo and WWE movie, um, Scooby-Doo and WWE Curse of the Speed Demon. And The Undertaker, who is our like centerpiece wrestler this week, isn't it? Um, I liked this one a lot better than the original Scooby-Doo X WWE crossover, even though this one had nothing to do with wrestling. Um, Shaggy and Scooby are like working a food service cart at the <laughs> WWE Muscle Moto Off-Road Challenge. I'm very confused. I'm so confused. Um, and like Stephanie McMahon, who is Vince McMahon's daughter, had this idea to have an off-road racing challenge amongst the WWE superstars. And I was like, okay. Um, and also, they're like in teams. So like Stephanie McMahon is like teamed up with her husband, Triple H. And then all of the other teams don't make any sense like Paige and Miz are a thing they were never a thing on like WWE wrestling in real life or like like Undertaker and Dusty Rhodes are friends in real life but they were I don't remember them interacting on like TV but I was like that was before my time um I forget the other people who are in this because we I watched like four of these in a row and I'm just saying the teams don't make sense from like wwe in real life just like based on that like it's just weird well they also but don't I race cars so i think listen we're you would assume room. their <laughs> tag teams are a thing in wrestling so you would assume that they would put actual tag teams in these like tag team racing cars whatever i will say someone should um, edit the car chase from the batman into this movie and like have him be, that'd be fun racing you could do that i mean somehow it would okay. be shot worse if the wrestling scenes in this were shot by Matt Reeves, it would be just close-ups of Scooby's face. And then, like, a medium shot of him being thrown across the ring. And then, like, the crotch of somebody cheering. And then... <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Um, before we, like, fully get into the movie, this one, as we mentioned, is about off-road racing. But the bad guy in this is some, like, 
skeleton dude named Inferno, I think. That's what they called him. And he's, like, haunting the racetrack. And that's the mystery. But it works. He's like a fire mummy. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it works. Oh this movie's bad. I enjoyed insane. it better than the first one. This movie's was, the most fun I've fun. ever had. It's one of those films, and we've had a couple of these where, like, every five minutes, there's at least 20 notable things that happen. Like, and maybe it's because I don't know WWE. Maybe I don't, maybe it's just because that, but you have these two painted in gold, literally doing a rendition <laughs> of cats. Not kidding. And then, like, it just keeps going crazy. Every five minutes is like something new where you're like, what the fuck is going on? But it's so entertaining. I think, I mean, it really was something. But my favorite fact I learned was that this was a year after Dusty Rhodes died and they decided to have him team up with, number one, the dead man, but also then get into a severe car accident. Is that rest, how he died in like, real life? Rest in peace, no. Dusty. Rest Dusty Rhodes peace. died of kidney failure. At, kidney failure after like he like fell and he was like sixty nine, which is old for a wrestler. Um, and like <laughs> that's old two... for a person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's how he passed away. And then the two like painted guys, Goldust and Stardust, are his sons in real life. So I feel like if there was an actual issue with it, Cody and Dustin would have said something about it. So it's really not that deep. Like Dusty and Undertaker are friends in real life. All I'm saying it was a We're choice. Friends. <laughs> well, they wrote it before he died, obviously, Carson. So I don't understand what this you're took more than there. a year to make. <laughs> it is just like a it weekend in, project. <laughs> they just made it in Flash Player. <laughs> I like to assume that they like did all of these at the exact same time, but I have no idea. <laughs> oh no, these definitely like you can feel the quality jump as they made a shit ton of money. And I'm guessing <laughs> um, the the Jetsons was a bridge too far or something, which is funny when we get to it. But uh, yeah, no, I um, this one I really enjoyed um, because it didn't have any wrestling in it. <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> I don't dislike wrestling as much as I uh, have in the past, but I do find that like um, in animation, it's a little just like bland. Like I I know that they're scripted uh, in your point, Carson. I know that movies are fake, but um like watching it An animated original point by very... <laughs> groundbreaking not documentaries though let's be clear. i want to make sure you have the right idea not you house of gucci you watch well <laughs> yes correct paul watches summer of soul and's like this is fake i mean that was basically what I'm you said. Scripted. it's a movie what are these interviews <laughs> what a weird yeah. choice. why wouldn't they just have them perform why the fuck are there interviews in a documentary <laughs> <laughs> Being the you know, I am right. Paul Price. Oh uh, God! If that if that was a his Rotten Tomatoes quote for that movie, it would just be <laughs> the interviews were unnecessary. <laughs> I actually think in Summer Soul that kind of was our review on the podcast. Actually, <laughs> it was literally my review. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But yeah, um, no, it's just it was refreshing to watch like a race because a race i don't know just feels a little more like oh i can like get into this like you know there's like twists. it also feels more scooby-doo yeah 
Exactly. Um, I do wish John Cena was in this one. I would have liked to have. Same. Um, I wrote that in my notes. I wanted Daphne to thirst over him more. There was no Daphne thirst in this one. I was disappointed. I was also incredibly upset this wasn't in WWE City. Like, it's very similar to, like, Wii Sports. Now they've moved off wherever, like, the location was now for the new one. Like, no, I want to be in the city. Like, that was iconic. Keep it. Uh, The other funny thing Mm -hmm. about this is I was watching this movie. Um, I was, like, a couple drinks in, but I wasn't drunk or anything like that. But I, like, left, went and showered, got ready for bed, came back and started the movie. And then Velma and Daphne showed up. And the first thing that I, I was like, oh, yeah. At first, I was literally like, why are the Scooby-Doo characters in this movie? Because it's like there was a long stretch after I clicked play where it was just the WWE characters. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're just this is the WWE movie we're watching. And then the Scooby-Doo character showed back up and I was like, oh, God, I forgot. I literally wrote Alina and I was like, so not to be dumb, but (laughs) I forgot what we were watching. (laughs) Vince really got in the mix on this one. Yeah, yeah, I do prefer this one, but I feel like the Scooby-Doo characters were integrated better into the first one. Yes, although 100%. I do enjoy. There's a point like where Dusty Rhodes gets injured, so Undertaker needs a new partner and a new like mm. racing car, and then mm-hmm. Icons, Skinny Man, and Dead Meat become partners with the Undertaker, and I was like, okay. I'm having fun again. <laughs> they sound like jackass car- guy characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I didn't, um, I didn't get to this one, but the way you're describing it just makes it sound like a jackass episode. That you just, didn't this, watch this one. I this didn't get to it. Wild. It's the best one. <laughs> it's the best one. <laughs> well, I, I have made it clear that I think there's strong parallels between jackass and wrestling. And honestly, I would love to see a cartoon jackass in WWE movie. Ooh. That'd be Fun. So be right that. I did see that Johnny Knoxville. You got your wish, and he's like wrestling someone somewhere. So yeah, he's gonna fight Sami Zayn. No, he's fighting Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Stay tuned. It won't even be filmed. The person is not related to WWE. It's just some man. (laughs) I think to you also to where like because of this slash my search history now, like you get now recommended things about wrestling, and I'm like, oh boy, I don't care. On Twitter, but yes. Oh, see, yeah. now I'm getting I, ads now. I'm like, great. Thanks, Lena. <laughs> my ads have gotten <laughs> insane on Twitter. I know this has nothing to do with anything, but I just got offered a shirt that says, um, I'm only bowling for the beer. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the levels of why? <laughs> Paul, I actually really can Because they know you're why. an alcoholic. Yeah, it's actually kind of obvious. <laughs> But no one knows that. I don't Google alcohol. I it's you ordering it. from our favorite mobile app service, Drizzly, every single day. <laughs> Not this is SpawnCon now. <laughs> you should have used that as leverage. Like, okay, we'll be fine if you sponsor our podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should have done that. He's going to need a sponsor. Okay. That's for sure. Oh, no. <laughs> was so rude. Hey, I left Uh, half my beer last night. Actually, it was uh, it was five sips. It was not half, and he got the biggest. He got the beer that looks like the fucking like it's in Beowulf. (laughs) It was the larger beer because I thought we were having two, and it's like an extra four dollars if you get two glasses. And I'm like, why am I gonna do that? So I just got the bigger one, Um, but. I decided not to drink it because I was, you know, thinking about my health. I really wish that he had drank, like, 
he had been as drunk at the Batman as he was at Tammy Faye brunch. So for when <laughs> they spent 45 minutes trying to decode rat with wings, he could have been like, it's a bat. <laughs> so I genuinely think he would have. He stands up and he says, guys, let's start Mr. Mistopolis. Let's go. <laughs> oh, well, I never <laughs> I mean, cat rhymes with bat. <laughs> oh my god i know we are done with the batman but really when they were like the what's a rat with wings a falcon i was like huh it's a bat i was like how are we not getting that it's a bat clearly it's a bat <laughs> they kept saying mean? oh a pigeon and i was like is it a pigeon guys <laughs> is it <laughs> Anyway, anyway, back to Scooby-Doo. The Undertaker carried this movie, and that's the final say we'll have on WWE and Curse of the Speed Demon Scooby-Doo extravaganza. Now we're moving on to the Flintstones, guys. Unbelievable that excluding Paul, has not seen the Flintstones. Because I watched the shit out of Flintstones and the Jetsons, and that's because we had a channel, and it was like a retro cartoon channel, so I watched like all of the old. Boomerang. Boomerang. Anyway. Wait, no, how do you know what Boomerang is? I hated Boomerang. Because I, I hate... I, 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 just... I don't know what Boomerang is. It's boomerang like... It's exactly TV, what you're It's a about. channel. Oh. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, Which is Canada, funny that both of them know it retro. and never watched it. Oh. Well, Kim Possible weird. wasn't on it, so weird. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, this one is called The Flintstones in WWE. Stone Age Smackdown. And... The film opens, and we see Fred Flintstone at his work at the Rock Quarry, as he does. And he gets in trouble at work because he's incompetent. Um, an early ancestor of John Cena appears. His name's John Cena Stone, which is not a good pun, <laughs> but fine. Um, and then that's, like, the introduction of WWE Superstars into this. Meanwhile, Fred is supposed to be taking his family on a vacation. Um because things went badly at work he doesn't have like the money to take wilma and pebbles on vacation uh meanwhile there's also a charity event that the flintstones and the their next door neighbors the rebels attend um and he and barney who's his best friends for non-flintstones watchers have a charity event where they get barney's hopperoo to knock people out and then more early ancestors of wwe superstars start appearing and then fred gets the idea to invent the sport of wrestling and i was like i don't understand what's happening and all of this happens within a 50 minute movie and that's the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown. This one's fine, but I think it was my least favorite. Mercifully uh, short. Um, I didn't love this one, but it did have my favorite joke in all four movies. And that's when uh, John Cena Stone is trying to figure out what he wants to do with his career. And <laughs> Brent goes, maybe you should work at the Rock Quarry. And he's like... Um, I don't want to work. Uh, why would anyone want to work at the rock quarry? And Fred goes something to the effect of no one ever wants to work at the rock. Or never, no one ever plans to work at the rock quarry. And then it cuts to this long shot of him just sad <laughs> with sad music playing. And then it just cuts away. And I was like, wow, that said more about his character than like all of Flintstones as a show. He's just like, it's me. just this, so depressed he's like i hate my job i hate my life 
Um, but yeah, I thought I thought this one was cute. Um, it I feel like is the one that best integrates the um, WWE characters because I, even just changing their names a little bit just made me like not know who was a WWE character and who wasn't. Um, hold on, hold on, nice. hold on, hold on. The funniest thing about all <laughs> of their names being like rock puns, like ray mysteriopal and like nikki and brie boulder is they all have like caveman names except for the undertaker he just stays the undertaker and i'm like why you thought of shitty puns for everybody else but not him come on yeah no actually i thought of that exact same thing and i know exactly the moment you're talking about when it like lists the three and it was like john cena stone something opal the undertaker i was like really (laughs) it felt like contractually he was like we're not getting me a pun (laughs) i was thinking that also because the undertaker has been really passionate about protecting his character for like the 20 plus years he's been the undertaker so honestly i am surprised that he did these cartoons but we can talk about that later you know i just my main perception my main perception of it is that I think I hate Daniel Plainview less than Fred Flintstone. Like, I genuinely think, like, my first perception of Fred Flintstone is that I want him to just, like, get a heart attack and die and become bones. Like, he literally annoyed me to the point to where, like, my brain started dissociating and imagining I was watching any other character. Just, like, (laughs) I realize that this is not, like, high-quality Flintstones material, but I was just sitting there the whole time going, you're such a deadbeat, bro. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. Just didn't care for him. Call him out. He needs to be put in his place. (laughs) I was having a rough time. He's, like, that in all the Flintstones cartoons. (sighs) Rough. Just a literal death. Yeah, he's just a greedy guy who gets into harebrained schemes every episode. That's his thing. He's like the honeymooners, basically. (laughs) Which I I realized watching it and I was like, oh, this goes to show how deep my knowledge of like old historical cartoons and shows are. Me watching the Flintstones being like making very basic observations of people have made 600 times but i feel like i'm making them for the first time (laughs) i feel like i'm in 1975 making these jokes and writing them down (laughs) like whoa oh god (laughs) yeah i was pretty like I don't hate this one. I didn't love it per se. I like the animation. I think the twins were iconic. I loved them. And the other only other note was like, love all the animal abuse. And I love that it's all dinosaurs and no one cares. <laughs> but I love that there's just a dinosaur whose entire life is to be in the cupboard and then go into Fred Flintstone's mouth and be a toothbrush. That's iconic. <laughs> oh, I was I was specifically noticing the animal abuse for the um the uh garage door opener monkey who like they just cut to and him going, 
and then just cut away. It's like, it's just so miserable. And they're like, there's no joke here. It's just abuse. <laughs> there's definitely both in this and Jetsons. You can tell the cartoons are from a different era. And it's interesting that they just didn't update most of the jokes. Cause like, oh, which they feel great. so out of place. Yeah, no, but it's amazing. Well, the thing is they, with the Flintstones and the Jetsons one is they hadn't like made a Flintstones or Jetsons movie in like at least a decade, probably more until this like capitalist wwe crossover thing how does this company do a yogi bear how does this company get these because they also made surfs up two, like two decades after surfs up came out and number one i'm mad we're not doing that on the podcast but number two like how do they just get these ips that are dead and they're like you know what (laughs) bring it back out let's do it guys well wwe has their like own movie studio so they probably just collabed with whoever owns ips for all this like i fully think whoever runs wwe studio like took vince mcmahon's money and was like hey warner brothers can we use these Hanna barbera characters that you haven't touched in like 20 years thanks that's what yeah. they guarantee you that's what they did um because vince mcmahon's 20- billionaire he can pay vince- for bullshit out the wazoo vince remembers them from his childhood when it was like you know, exactly that's why like, he oh. signed up for all of this he was like oh my god i remember watching the flintstones as a youth i'll voice these characters <laughs> versions of me as a 70 year old man now this will happen i'm telling you i don't approve but i know it in my heart so it was 14 years between the flintstones and wwe stone age smackdown and 27 years between uh the last jetsons media and the new jetsons movie That's and then crazy. nothing came from that, that was the 14 years the uh live action flintstones or was it a cartoon flintstones there was like the one with john goodman uh there was a thing called yes actually basically um because there was a thing called flintstones on the rocks that came out in 2011 and i believe this was like when they tried to do an adult Flintstones, if I remember Flintstones after dark. Yeah, basically. Fred <laughs> starts talking about what he really feels. Um, it's a it's a <laughs> about how um Fred wants to fuck a younger woman. Oh, well there you go. Yes. It's distinctly more mature and adult. Red Rocket, but with Fred Flintstone. We should definitely watch this for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should watch everything Flintstones adjacent except for the original cartoons. <laughs> I've never seen the Patreon live action idea. movies either. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we 100% have to go watch those. And actually, someone famous is it. Oh. John Goodman. No, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Kristen Stewart is in the <laughs> Princess Diana. Sorry, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to clarify um, her bad name yes she is actually um in the as ring toss girl it was her first role okay i feel like we don't have anything else to say about this flintstones wwe movie other than i really enjoyed the part where john cena flexed his pecs as a cartoon that was fun for me uh okay so i guess we're at the jetsons now it's the last movie in this I feel like the Jetsons one was, like, so bad that they just decided to stop doing these. Because, um, like, it was my least favorite out of the four we watched. So this one is entitled The Jetsons and WWE Robo WrestleMania. And it opens in the present day. Um, and the big show and Seamus are feuding. Sure. Seamus is, like, a notable <laughs> guy. Like, he was, like, becoming a notable guy after, like, as I was, like, stopping to watch, and then he got bigger after I left, so, like, I get it. 
Um, and then the Big Show, he's been like a thing for like twenty something years, but he's never been like the top guy. He's always just been like there, and like to center. He was this busy starring in the Jetsons. Show, How dare yeah. you? <laughs> no. I mean, this came out, I'm telling you, from, like, prior to 2017. I'm telling you. It was always, like, a thing. It was more of a joke. But he was, like, not a <laughs> notable person. And so I don't understand why they decided to center this movie around them. But, like, by 2017, most of, like, the big people have, like, been gone. So, like, whatever. Like, I know all of these people against my will. This is, like, when I really stopped giving a shit about WWE. So I don't, like... That was I had the roughest time with this because like I don't give a shit Roman Reigns I don't give a shit Seth Rollins, this is like the worst era in WWE. Fine, anyway, so it's then the Big Show and Sheamus are supposed to like fight in a championship match, and then they're like, oh my god, it's a snowstorm, we have to cancel the event. That would never happen in real life. Vince McMahon does not cancel shit for shit. He ran WWE through coronavirus. He ain't canceling a title match for a damn snowstorm. So there's your first red flag. Bullshit. There was a volcano explosion one year, and like half of the roster was stranded in Europe, and they still put on a show. They don't cancel shit. So like, come on. Um. Anyway, so Big Show gets like trapped in the snowstorm because he's flying there by himself for some reason and he gets frozen in ice for 100 years okay and then so we're now we're 100 years in jetson's time and george jetson finds this ice block of big show and defrosts him and then big show takes over the future and i was like okay and then Elroy, who is Je- George Jetson's son, is apparently a time travel genius. And they're like, the only way to stop the big show from taking over Orbit City is to go back in time. Because all of us are in the future are skinny and too reliant on technology to beat the big show. So they go back in time <laughs> by flying around the moon to present day WWE. And then they find a bunch of WWE superstars and bring them back to Jetson's time so they can defeat the big show. And I was like, this one is by far the worst one. I'm upset just talking about it. And I'm upset about this the most because it ruined my chances of a Yogi Bear and WWE crossover movie. So fuck uh, this one. Yogi Bear definitely has the build for the WWE. He's certainly <laughs> like, he's got the right body. It'd be funny. John Cena on a camping trip runs into Yogi Bear. Come on, guys. This was my favorite one. It was my second favorite. You're an ball. idiot. <laughs> you guys are I, terrible. They just had the Jetsons just had better vibes. <laughs> Papa, like, Papa Jetson, he's trying. You know I, also, I, mean? I liked the Jetsons, but I didn't like the wrestlers. I think why I this just, was my least favorite one. I liked it when they like tried to do the Jetsons theme song with these like very like <laughs> ridiculous wrestler names, and they're like Alicia Fox. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they didn't even try. They're just like, oh god, it makes sense as a joke, but like, we're not gonna try. Like, if they had given like one word to like say that, like, you know, what they did or something, it was just like, nope, it's just names. Um, I love that they show back up and it's just like big show, big show everywhere, which is such a dumb <laughs> name. And I'm sure, like, if you know wrestling, it's fine, it's less weird, but like, just that everyone's like big show. <laughs> It's so um, weird, yeah, honestly. No. Where's his uh, bottom little show? 
I uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that there was a little Irishman who just kept showing up, and uh, I guess his name is Seamus. I didn't care, um, but I just liked <laughs> that everything he kept saying was like, "Oh, I'll show you some potatoes." It's like so reductive. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Um, yes, no, I, the thing uh, is he's like I, that in real WWE also, which is the sad thing. Oh God. Um, that makes it funnier. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is not good, but like, also like I did miss the Jetsons. Um, That's fair. like, I feel like because Scooby-Doo is so done, like in terms of like, it's still relevant. Like I'm more, um, discerning about like whether or not that was a good movie with these i was like hey it's fun to see the jetsons again after 30 years like basically the jetsons have not been around my entire life because <laughs> uh the last movie was in 1990 and i'm you know i was born in 91 so my entire life i didn't have the jetsons so i watched old jetsons co- uh content so it's like oh nice to see you guys again um mm-hmm. also really funny to see all the tech being like they really tried to like keep it correct to what like the 60s were thinking the future would be and some of it's like older than our modern tech it's just very funny (laughs) wait my favorite part about it is like judy like the daughter um is for some reason learning about wwe in her history class and like listen i enjoy wwe but come on that was fucking ridiculous. When she like when they go back to present day and they're like, oh my god, that's Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox is not gonna be in any history books. I'm so sorry, but it's true. Why are you <laughs> bullying them? Because all of the wrestlers in this one are boring. Wait, I forgot about this in the Jetsons. So in present day, or, no, in present day WWE obviously exists, but in the future Jetsons time, WWE still exists, but instead of humans, it's robots, and that's why it's called Robomania. Um, and there's a point where the big show is trying to figure out what happened to like WWE and he goes to the arena and it's like WWE world robot entertainment. The W is silent. And that made me want to kill myself. I didn't like this. movie. <laughs> I was sad to go on letterbox. Like, and you've given all these, I would say quite high scores. And this one, you gave like one and yeah. a half. I was like, Oh, this one really did it for her. That's sad. <laughs> Cause I liked um, it. Yeah, I, was, like, I also like how, uh, Alina um, is losing followers every time she likes one of these movies, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's gone back up to where I was, but I lost like five because I gave WrestleMania Mystery a good score. And I'm like, I'm sorry my followers are losers. They're tasteless. Grow up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait a second. King of Burbank. You gave it a half star. Specifically, we're talking about Flintstones here. I thought I gave a half I, star. I thought, I thought me. A half star. I thought that I gave Scooby-Doo the very generous rating of nothing. Says Paul, who always <laughs> rates very generously, doesn't just give everything one star, you know? Um, I gave the Batman three stars. Um, you're welcome. Three you stars is like, shocking. Three you stars get, is his passive aggressive one star, where like he wants to give it one star, but he doesn't want to get eight. No, no, no. Paul does this thing where like movies he likes, he gives one stars randomly, but then movies he hates, he's like, but I could tell it was good, so I gave it four stars. But I don't like the movie. It's like okay. So yeah, those were all the WWE cartoons. Once again, I know I've said it twenty times already, but please do a Yogi Bear one. It would be hilarious. Um. 
So the match I picked this week directly relates most to the second Scooby-Doo WWE movie because we are focusing on The Undertaker this week. Um, And originally I had a Hell in a Cell match because like Undertaker is really known for Hell in a Cell matches. It's my favorite gimmick. Um, But then I decided to change it last minute because it was like announced recently that The Undertaker is finally going into the WWE Hall of Fame, which is like very important to people like me. Um, So I changed it to Undertaker's best WrestleMania match, arguably, but I feel like everybody who is a wrestling fan agrees with it. And it is The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Um, This was like their first of two matches at WrestleMania because they fought again at WrestleMania 26, but this one was the first one. The first one's better. I watched them both this morning. They're both good. The first one's better. Um, so this one was like a really big deal happened in 2009 um, and like The Undertaker he's like really known at Wrestlemania because of his streak and at this point he had gone like I think 16 wins with like no losses and it's like the biggest R- right now it's like 25 and 2 he lost twice now which is very sad for me but that's not important right now um, so like at this point in WWE lore, the streak is a huge thing. Shawn Michaels is getting close to retirement age, and he's like, hey, I've accomplished literally everything in the WWE, but I've never beaten The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and it's a big deal because of the streak. I need to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, and The Undertaker is like, I've never beaten Shawn Michaels, period. That's really stressful for me. I have to win because I've never beaten Shawn Michaels in singles competition and I don't want to lose my streak. So that's the big beef. Um, and yeah, then we got one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. I've seen this like 20 times. It's one of my favorite matches. So what do you guys think? Well, I think you're misrepresenting the story. Because the story quite literally became, I am God. I am pure good and you are pure evil. And he comes down in full white and he starts preaching sculpture. Or not sculpture. That's funny. Scripture <laughs> to him. <laughs> And it's like, I really was like, huh, didn't really know that's what we were doing. But it basically is pure good versus pure evil, which I love. Um, I liked this match, Alina. You did it. Mainly because I think Shawn Michaels is great. Similar to when we covered his last match. He's just really good at making you care, eh? And like, he really just sold this thing. And I like eh? wanted my... Are you becoming Canadian? <laughs> oh, shoot me if I do. Um... No, I just think Sean, like, he's, it's kind of similar to how when Paul rates just rant, like, random shit four stars, because he's like, I can tell it's good. Like, you can tell that these two are really good at what they're doing, so it's operating at an incredibly high level. Um, even if you don't, like, care about it, you can definitely tell that. And I just really like Sean. He, he's also the hottest one in the match. I'll give him that award this week. But... It just like he's Obviously. good at making you care. <laughs> no, I just I think and he never wins. You know, Sean has let me down twice now. But he's like as an innocent old man who just really wants to win. I want him to win. So I'm in support. It's really good storytelling. Um, I like how the like match starts off like really fast play fast paced and then it gets like slowed down um, and they're exchanging all of their like signature and finishing moves. And it's just really good. Um, the thing that makes me cringe forever and I always have to look away when I watch this match again is the cameraman thing. Like, oh my God. Like, 
Undertaker is going to like suicide dive off the ring into Shawn Michaels and then Shawn Michaels pulls a cameraman into like the Undertaker's path but like this cameraman was supposed to catch Undertaker obviously like this is obviously a planned spot but then the cameraman was too far away and Undertaker lands on his fucking head and I'm pretty sure he got concussed well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of ClapperCast. Let's go around and share our recommendations for the week. Paul, why don't you start things off? What's your recommendation? Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend the Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated show, um, which is actually fire. Um, it's basically like a mildly adult Scooby-Doo mystery show. Um, and it's like really fun but my favorite thing is they give fred a personality which is like he's never had he's usually just hot slash dumb and then in this he's just really into traps like sexually to be clear yeah um but like he's really into like traps like uh you know building traps and everything like that and it's so funny because it's just like all of a sudden giving him this weird quirk makes him like probably one of the best characters in the show but it's it's really great. Um, the it's like two seasons long. The mysteries are really good. I think uh, it's also some of the funniest like you know animated television. It's just great. I a hundred percent recommend it. Alina, what's your recommendation? Um, I finished the entire series of Little Mosque on the Prairie this week. I don't remember if I've talked about it before because I watched it, like I watched this as a kid and then I rewatched it last Ramadan and then I was too upset to finish the final season because I wasn't ready to let it go. But I finally finished it and I don't know if I'm recommending it again or not. I can't remember what we talked about during the days that is Ramadan 2021. But I finished the show and it's very cute. It's about these like, Muslims living in a rural Saskatchewan community and their mosque is in an Anglican church. So there's like religious conflict, but it's like adorable and cute and pure. And I fucking love this show. It's really good representation of Muslims. It aired from like 2007 to like 2012. So it's fairly dated, but it's really enjoyable and sweet and pure. And I think it's on Hulu for you Americans, but it's cute. Great to hear. Michael, what's your recommendation this week? Um, I haven't, I, I, I'm a little behind on new stuff, but what I will say I recommend just from recently is probably Kimmy, that, uh, Steven Soderbergh movie on HBO Max while we're talking about, um, Zoe Kravitz. That's a really tense and effective little thriller that I honestly think should have played in theaters because it's just like one of the best like tight 90 movies I've seen in a while. And Zoe Kravitz is so good. And to be honest, her character and Kimmy could clear Catwoman, I think in, <laughs> in, in seconds. So that's why yeah, I recommend Kimmy. I need to check that one out. That's one of, that's my favorite movie of the year so far. I feel like you're going to hate that Paul, but we'll see. I liked it. So uh, <laughs> yeah. my recommendation for the week is going to be uh, Sierra. No, it's out in theaters. Nobody's watching it. It's doing Sierra. What? Sierra. No. Okay. That's what I said. Sirano. That's what I said. Thank you, Michael. The only good guest you said it, on the pod. You said it like you said it like it's a pepper. <laughs> Sierra pepper. Does HelloFresh give the, those out? <laughs> If you use the discount code ClapperCast, you can get it. <laughs> right. 
Um, no, it's in theaters. Nobody's watching it. It's getting horrible box office. So go check it out. I think it's lovely. I think it's like genuinely one of the best films of last year. I feel like I think Paul disagrees, but that's OK, because Paul has bad taste. So if anything, that proves my point further. So now let's say where can we find everyone on social media? Alina. I don't dislike Serrano. Um, <laughs> but Serrano. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Now we're getting Italian. Um, I just have a lot of problems with it as an adaptation of the Cyrano de Bergerac story and also the singing and also the casting and also the editing and also okay so like you like the costumes <laughs> right i like one no, i would like to see it but it didn't come to my theater so no wonder it's bombing <laughs> i think joe wright is actually counting all the siriano tickets <laughs> himself <laughs> we're just like full-on butchering anyway <laughs> alina where can we find you on social media i am at alina folds on twitter instagram and letterboxd paul at Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Michael? Uh, at the King of Burbank on TikTok and Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can... <laughs> of course. I think that's all of them. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews. Letterboxd, just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening. New episodes come out every single Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Clapper Podcast. Write us an email at clappercast at gmail.com. Um, maybe you'll become a meme in our friend group. Who knows? Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema.